The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639. This week on Guest of the Week, we have the captain of the history-making South Melbourne Soccer Club, currently representing Australia in the World Club Championships in Brazil. Please, a big 40 Diego's welcome to Live from Rio, Paul Trimboli. Good evening to you, Paul. <laughs> Good morning to you. Good evening over here. Yeah, it's all over the place, isn't it, mate? Uh, look, look, congratulations on the team's uh, courageous effort uh, yesterday against Vasco. Uh, for much of the game, although sacrificing a lot of territory, I felt that the boys coped extremely well, but it was a 2-0 loss. Um, how are the boys feeling at the moment about it all? Uh, obviously disappointed. Um, we knew it was going to be very tough, but uh, still we, we really wanted to get something out of the game and uh, we went in with a definite uh, game plan and uh, it was sort of coming to fruition for about an hour, but uh, obviously uh, they wore us down a little bit and uh, eventually got on top and 2-0 was, you know, was probably a, a fair reflection of the game. Mm. Uh, Paul, it's Manuel here, mate. Now, look, the, the national anthem was a, a very emotional time for all of us. Now, the boys look particularly nervous peering to the sea of Vasco fans. Can you actually give us uh, an indication of your feelings at the time when you were there and the national anthem was being played? Yeah, it was funny. Uh, speaking to a few of the boys today, it, uh, we actually weren't nervous. Um, it was more an excitement and an amazement at, at the crowd. It was just incredible. We... Uh, it's normally a 15-minute drive to the stadium, and it took about an hour. And we, you have to do sort of a loop around the stadium to get into the players' entrance. And mm-hmm. 10,000 Vasco supporters outside, all milling around and kissing their shirts, and <laughs> how many goals they were going to put past, <laughs> ranging from five to 25. And um, and so when we got in there and we saw the crowd, we could hear it for the Manchester United were playing the Mexican team and you could hear the noise already and we thought, gee, that's early for the crowd to be getting into it. And then when we got out there, it was just something that we've never seen before. They're just the, the way they all sang the national anthem, the crowd and the, the clapping and the chanting. It was just yeah, something incredible, very hard to explain unless you were here. But apparently someone said it came across quite well on the television. You could really sense the atmosphere. Oh, just the way they were jumping up and down in unison, mates. And, uh, and look, I'll tell you what, if you, if you guys didn't, didn't feel nervous you cert- the boys certainly looked at it. I mean, Stevie Osifides was perspiring profusely. <laughs> uh, and I think uh, Nick Orlich seemed like he was actually saying a prayer, but, uh, you know, it was terrific, mate. Uh, it, I mean, it was an incredible experience. I mean, the boys all... Uh, we've been talking about it all day today. The, the toughest thing is going to be to get our minds back on the job for tomorrow's mm-hmm. game now. Mm-hmm. Paul, uh, Vinny Venezuela here. Uh, tell us about the conditions over there. We, we heard it was 38 degrees, but it looked much, much hotter. How did, uh, how did you guys cope with that? And, and did the surface of the, the pitch uh, roughen up towards the end of the game? Um, it, it's very warm. It's, uh, it rained the first couple of days we were here and, uh, and it was a little steamy, but uh, when the sun broke through the last couple of days, it's been very warm. And uh, it was funny, when we went to have a training run at the Maracanã the day before the game, as we went into the dressing rooms, there's this uh, section there and they've got all these oxygen masks on the wall. <laughs> and we were saying, geez, uh, is that telling us something about what's going to be? <laughs> but, uh, no, but, you know, very warm conditions, but uh, we kicked off at, it probably would have been close to 9 o'clock by the time we started, and uh, so it wasn't too bad. A lot of the sting had gone out of the, of the day. So. 
Now, when I, when you went for your training session, we got a photo of Steve Asafidis with his camera taking a photo of the stadium. Did he actually sneak it into his jockstrap for the game? <laughs> well, um, I'll I tell you what, it would have been fantastic to... Uh, I mean, Stevie Panopoulos was saying, wouldn't it be fantastic if, if you could use your eyes like a video camera and everything that you saw you could record? Mm. Just the, the images were... When we came out to warm up, um, just the, the level of the crowd, the noise just went up. And we spotted a couple of little pockets of Australian supporters, which was fantastic. But, <laughs> but just, they were just drowned out totally by the crowd chanting. And when they got it, there were certain chants. They were chanting Vasco quite a lot and Edmundo, who they absolutely adore. Yeah. And just incredible. The whole stadium in unison was, it was just something to behold. Mm. Uh, Paul, it's uh, Lenny here. Um, it seemed that the Vasco coach must have assigned the Andrew Marth of Brazilian soccer to Mark you. <laughs> every time you seem, you, you seem to get the ball, uh, you were a target for some pretty rough treatment. Uh, we saw the Brazilian youth team employ some dubious tactics recently against the Joeys. So do you think that the, the Vasco boys are in the same mould? Well, not really. The, the there wasn't uh, there wasn't too much malice in any of the uh, any of the tackling, but there was quite a lot. I mean, I I lost count of the number of free kicks that I ended up winning, but it was just uh, I think they just backed themselves to win the ball all the time, and then they sort of forget that sometimes you put your body in between. But mm. referee was quite good. I think he was he was a bit quick a couple of times with the yellow cards for time mm. wasting, but. Uh, Overall, he was quite good. He didn't sort of uh, he didn't fall for anything that they were trying to pull. So uh, yeah, we couldn't complain from that point of view. So and, uh, just a follow up, uh, Paul, are you expecting some pretty rough treatment from uh, David Beckham when he returns <laughs> to face South Melbourne? Well, the the biggest discussion point was how many uh, games he was going to be suspended for. <laughs> I was a bit concerned that he might actually miss the South Melbourne game, and that's something that we none of us wanted. We we all it was like last night. The highlight for us was that Vasco put out their strongest lineup mm. that they've put out all season, and uh, that's really what we wanted. We, yeah. I mean, we know that they're some of the best players, best teams in the world, and and we know we're somewhat short on. Uh, them, but we didn't know how far. We want to really test ourselves against mm. the best there is. So, uh, even when we go to the Manchester United game, we want them to have their strongest lineup in there because, as players, you want to really test yourself against the best players in the world. So, you know, hopefully uh, he'll only get one match and he'll be back for the game against us. Mm. Hey, Paul, did you guys use the same dressing room as Man United? <laughs> Uh, no, there was actually uh, there's four dressing rooms, so everyone had a had a dressing room as a, of their own. But uh, uh, Bozza wished us all the best uh, as we were going out. He was coming in, so we uh, stopped the sale out of the boys, which was nice. Mm. Uh, of course, we're speaking to live from the World Club Championships in Brazil, captain of the South Melbourne side club, Paul Trimboli here on the Four Diego's. Paul, it's Carlos. Uh, the the game really uh, virtually opened up with uh, South stringing together up to eight passes in one uh, little stanza. Um, now, and Fausto also, Fausto Diamici, uh, used some trickery to get past a couple of uh, Vasco and took the mickey out of one or two of them, mate. Uh, at what point did uh, you feel comfortable that, uh, that the guys weren't out of their depth, that you guys could compete with this group? Well, surprisingly enough, the opening was where we were probably a bit concerned that uh, might take us a while to get started, but we actually started quite well. And uh, the first probably 10, 15 minutes, we, we held our own and we, we got into some really good uh, field position. Um, obviously, we didn't capitalise on it, but then we sort of lost our way a little bit and, and they sort of put on the pressure. And towards the end of the first half, we, we were sort of hanging on a little bit. But... Uh, no, it was strange. I mean, obviously they had a lot of possession, but uh, surprisingly enough, when we had the ball, whether it's the nature of the conditions here because it's very warm and the style of game they play, you actually get a bit more time than you think. Mm. Um, and the hardest part was trying to get like our boys to realise that and not to sort of 
panic and rush rush yourself because you did have a little bit more time than you than you realised. Mm. Now, Paul, I'm just wondering uh, post match now the actual media. What, what's been the media reaction to to South Melbourne and for that matter the Vasco da Gama game yesterday? Well, the the Vasco da Gama people and the and the press were all expecting them to rack up a few goals. So yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously they were uh, taken back a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. The press uh, for us has been very positive. Uh, Obviously, highlighting the fact that we worked hard and we played with a lot of heart, and we never, you know, we never gave in. Right. Um, so I think we we surprised a lot of people with the uh, not only our commitment but uh, our ability. Mm -hmm. mm. Paul uh, Romario and Edmundo, we we know the controversy. You know, was anything said between <laughs> the two on the field which uh, maybe the microphones didn't pick up? <laughs> there was an amazing moment at, at one point. Uh, it, it's incredible the 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 focus those two have even amongst their own team uh, any opportunity they give the ball to them all the time and it's just almost like a fixation and it actually worked a little bit in our favor i think because those two like to play through the middle and and it was quite clogged up in there and it was actually when they played the flanks which was when they really sort of got us in trouble mm. and so it probably worked to our advantage that they kept wanting to play them but there was a point in the second half where they exchanged a uh, passes and Edmundo actually backheeled one for Romario and he probably should have scored he tried to whack the cover off it and put it over the bar but mm. as they were sort of coming back from the move they did a little uh, like a high five but it was like a low five <laughs> <laughs> the crowd picked up on it and absolutely went went berserk they were just freaking out because the obviously the, the the talk is that those two don't get along so when they showed that little bit of uh, feeling for each other the crowd was just that set them off again which was uh, incredible yeah mate look it, it's unfair to single out any of the individuals in the south team because all of them were really fantastic with their approach uh, uh but the boys at the back liberati blatsis and orlich especially liberati uh really came of age didn't he yeah lipper was outstanding i think uh which doesn't really surprise the people within the squad because uh, he's always been very highly rated and uh, the one thing we, we I mean his reading of the play yesterday was fantastic and he was intercepting so many balls and what he was doing when he got it was then he would he was so cool under pressure and he was keeping the ball and, and playing good passes on the end of it which uh, I mean for a young kid like Robbie who who probably hasn't has obviously never played at this level and hasn't played that many games even at the national league level was uh, yeah he was outstanding the other man looking good, of course, was Angie. Now, uh, how did Angie uh, pull up after the match? Was he excited? Was he still pumped up as well? Uh, he was. Uh, actually, he was a little disappointed because, of, like I said, we set ourselves to get a result, and, uh, and we're here to, we're here to, you know, to compete and uh, and get something out of every game. So we're not here just to make up the numbers. So a 2-0 loss was not what he really wanted, and uh, he told us that, although he still said he was proud of everyone. Uh, he was a bit more concerned with uh, the amount of sweating he was doing because uh, <laughs> it was quite warm on the touchline, and we've got these nice... Uh, they're like a bluey-grey shirt, which uh, shows up the old sweat quite... Uh, <laughs> and uh, the other thing I wanted to ask, if you had your time again with that game, what would you have done differently? Um... Hard to say. I don't think there was too much uh, we could have done differently. Probably, I think most of the boys would have probably thought, well, when we had the ball, we probably should have been a little bit more confident than we were. But, but it's hard because what mm. happens is one, with the conditions and with the amount of time you spend defending, you do use up a lot of energy. And then when you do win the ball, it's, uh, you know, the brain and the legs are a little bit tired, so it's quite easily to mis, you know, misplay passes and then miscontrol things. So... Mm. Uh, 
You know, I think we'd still set our stall the same way, but we'd probably like to do a little bit more at the other end. Mm. Paul, just finally, um, each team's got its own glamour boy. Who's who's a glamour boy at, in in Brazil at the moment, uh, and uh, who is who are the women tend to flock onto? Uh, in Brazil at the moment, yeah. Um, well, from just seeing all the Vasco people, it's incredible. The uh, feeling they have for Edmundo is just uh, mm -hmm. incredible. I mean. Yep. The crowd were just chanting his name constantly, and uh, when he came off with about a minute or two to go, the ovation and the even you should have seen just the, the reaction from the bench. The they were all hugging him, and <laughs> it was just I mean it was unbelievable because uh, who were watching was saying, "Look at this guy," you know. Well, Trim, when you get back to, to Melbourne, I'm sure the South supporters will do the same to you, mate. They'll <laughs> hug and kiss you the whole way uh, coming off uh, and on the field, mate. Look. You, you, I don't know whether you guys realise the uh, the effect your performance has on or has had on the Victorian public or the Australian public. Uh, you really have now, uh, you know, answered the, the sort of un, uh, previously unanswerable question about how good is our national league, how good of our players here, and actually uh, probably uh, shut a few people up as far as uh, the people who who bag the NSL. And, uh, and and just in one game, in one 90 minutes, you've really changed the perception of the whole game, and we really congratulate you and we think it was a courageous effort and please pass our best on to the guys and uh, let's see if we can sneak a win against Nakaxa tomorrow mate Thanks very much guys Good on you mate, uh, we've been speaking to Paul Trimboli, captain of the South Melbourne Soccer Club here on the Four Diego's live from Brazil in the World Club Championship next up, Michael Lynch <laughs> very very soon from Brazil This is your station, Stereo 974, the Four Diego Soccer Show. Ten minutes to 11. And this is where we go to Brazil once again, mate. We're spending the whole uh, show in Brazil at the moment. Rio, that's where it's all happening. We've got Michael Lynch on the line, the age soccer writer. Good morning or good evening to you, Michael. Uh, hola, amigos. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. You sound like you're having a great time. This is Carlos. We've got Vinny, Lenny and Manuel with us today, mate. Oh, it... it it must be huge, the, the feeling, the uh, atmosphere. It is, it is pretty enormous. This tournament, I think, really began to catch fire last night. Um, first of all, with the Manchester United Nakaksha game, which, uh, which really had everything. And then the, um, the, the, the Vasco da Gama and South Melbourne match, which um, sort of, I think, sort of shocked and stunned a lot of people who were expecting the, uh, the Brazilians probably to sort of, you know, approach double figures in, the, in some cases. I think there was, there was expectation that Vasco da Gama stuck seven past the Algerian under-23 team on Monday night in a warm-up game. And uh, I think some of the public here expected them to do something similar to South Melbourne. And that didn't happen. And uh, just now, I just finished watching on the TV from Sao Paulo, uh, absolutely fantastic game between Real Madrid and uh, Corinthians, or Corinthians, as they seem to call them here, which ended in a 2-2 draw. And Anelka, who'd scored twice for Real Madrid, fluffed the chance of a hat-trick with uh, a penalty that was saved in the last five minutes. Mm. So that was a terrific game as well. So things are really starting to heat up, and the big one is tomorrow night. Uh, I'd love to be able to say it was South Melbourne versus Nakata, <laughs> but it's Vasco uh, da Gama and Manchester United in the Maracanã. Mm. Now, Michael, um, th this result that uh, South Melbourne achieved in, in Brazil, do you think it'll be the turning point of Australian soccer and the turning point that maybe the, 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 uh, the people down here will actually take notice of our game? 
Well, you know, let, let, let's let's wait and see. I mean, there have been lots of turning points in the past, as you guys, I think, perhaps know even better than me. We've uh, been promoting them all. <laughs> yes, but certainly, look, I think last night was, um, I think, shocked and surprised a lot of people. I mean, it surprised the fanatical Brazilian supporters who, you know, expected Edmundo and Romario, uh, Felipe and people like this to just be able to do a demolition job on, you know, what, what they they thought were just a bunch of amateurs. Um, you know, the papers here, they got a couple of sports dailies, you know, there was a story calling them tourists, <laughs> amateurs. Mm. Um, so that stunned a lot of the Brazilians. Uh, a lot of the Latin American media from U and European media who bothered to hang around and watch afterwards, um, I was talking to four or five of the English journalists who were very, very surprised as well um, at the performance. So it certainly has sh shifted, shifted the views of some of those people. Um, what I think was important about this game, uh, and as I've written, I think, in, in the paper today, um, you know, South are the best team in the National League, but the National League is not actually representative of the strength of Australian football, is it? Because mm. there's, you know, 80, 90-odd players in Europe, probably most of whom would, if they're still at home, you know, be, be in uh, amongst the best players in, in the Australian League. The fact that all that notwithstanding, the best Australian team could come out and put up a sort of stoical, well-organised, disciplined, committed and highly composed performance, I, I think really is perhaps, you know, a, a, one, one of the most um, highest achievements of, of the game in, in recent memory. If it's a turning point, I don't know. What I think it will enable people who support the game and promote the game to have to say to those people who say I'm not, I love football, I love the premiership, I love the Italian league I'm not going to go and watch the local st stuff because the standard's crap I think they'll be able to point to a game like that yeah. and say well it can't be that crap mate they played in front of 70,000 fanatical Brazilians in the Maracanã against a, a, a team whose 23 man squad, squad were basically all Brazilian internationals and, and drawn and lost 2-0. A couple of the English guys said to me after, well, I, I wouldn't have backed Bradford City or Coventry necessarily to only lose 2-0. Mm -hmm. Michael, just as a follow-up to that, well, that's why tomorrow morning's game against the Mexican champions is such a vital game as well, because it could be a blowout, couldn't it, realistically? But that's why, you know, like I said, it's really, really important for South to do well tomorrow morning. Absolutely. Look, I think, you know, one, one swallow doesn't make a summer, so it's absolutely essential for the credibility of the club and the credibility of football in the region and, and, you know, for the credibility of the tournament as well, which needs to be highly competitive across all games. It's essential that they get up for it and perform uh, in a similar vein again tomorrow. And the Caxa, having watched them play Man United last night, are nobody's mugs. They actually bossed the game for, the for, for, for large periods of it. They should have actually won. They were one up and missed a penalty. Bosnich saved a penalty when they were 1-0 up um, and, you know, are a tremendously composed, highly skillful uh, team, classic sort of Latino style. Everybody from, the, you know, uh, the biggest central defender to the nippiest forward, all very comfortable on the ball, all very confident going forward. Now, Michael, uh, South Melbourne, who do you think was, were the standout players? Well, I mean, it's it's hard to sort of single out too many because I think um, a lot of them really did play to, to their potential. I, I think uh, 
I think across the back, um, I think actually think the standout player in a way was Ange Postacoglu. Um, mm. I think, uh, I mean, I saw him on Tuesday morning after he'd watched Vasco da Gama hammer seven in their warm-up game, and, you know, he wasn't panicking. He said, look, you know, I, I knew they were a good team. That just confirmed it. But he said they're very fluid down the, wi the wings. He identified Felipe and Juninho as key players out wide, crossing the ball. And he said, you know, we have to combat that. And and he, he picked a structure which is not one they normally adopt, is it? You know, a sweeper and a flat back four, and uh, four in the midfield, and frustrated the life out of them. Uh, close checking, close marking, hard running. So in a way, he was kind of <laughs> player of the game. Um, for those out on the pitch, uh, I, I thought particularly the back three, um, you know, playing against players of the calibre of Romario and Ed, Ed, Edmundo, well, Edgimundo, as they seem to call him, mm. Brazil. Um, I mean, a night, it must be a nightmare, you know? And they, they managed to retain their shape and their concentration. The, and the defence, the back three particularly, they didn't dive in with reckless challenges. They backed off and backed off. And they played the offside trap. I mean, there were at times, it was a bit like watching the old Arsenal back four them, <laughs> in unison. So I think those three particularly, and, and I felt also Michael Kassidjah, who did a lot of selfless running up front and showed a lot of deft touches on the ball. Mm. Unfortunately, Michael, uh, we've got to go to the news, mate. But, uh, look, thanks for the report. Uh, uh, from all reports speaking to you during the week, you're having a great time along the Copacabana in your spare time anyway, mate. Uh, there hasn't been any spare time. I mean, <laughs> literally, you know, this is a very tough job, and, of course, someone has to do it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I can, see the, I can see the Copacabana Beach and the, the, the breaking surf, actually, from my window now as night descends. <laughs> <laughs> OK, mate. Well, look, we'll, we'll catch up with you next weekend, one way or another, whether you're here or over in Brazil. And uh, thanks very much for your report, mate. I, I shall still be in Brazil. Um, Friday night is the final, uh, actually. <laughs> I think Friday night is the... What, what is it? Uh, what, yeah, next... Today's the 7th, so next Friday night, the 14th. Oh, so we'll be able to catch you, I think, at that yeah, time. Well, you know, let's, uh, we'll, we'll have to work out a time and, uh, and get, it, get it together. Who's your tip for the tournament, chaps? Have you oh, heard? South Melbourne, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've got to go, Michael, but we'll speak to you next week. All right. Good, good on you, mate. Thanks, Bye. Michael. That was Michael Lynch, our man in uh, Rio, in Brazil, speaking to us here on The Four Diegos. The Four Diegos, proudly brought to you by Tax Talk. We love to talk tax. Call 1300 366 639.